and welcome to another episode of the Curious Cat podcast. I am your host, Sebastian Bowen, joined as always by my co-host, Zoe Marie Castleman. Hello. Hello, Zoe. How's things? Well, actually, before we get started, we should probably give the listeners an explanation as to uh, what's been going on for the last eight months. Um, I suppose in the words of Jeff Goldblum, life will find a way so in our case life found a way to distract from the podcast just i know myself i had a couple of moments of illness and switched jobs over the last eight months which can be very uh very laborsome and tiring and stressful and unfortunately the podcast had to take a, a back seat um but it wasn't just me so we had our own uh same almost the same really yeah Exactly. illnesses and switch jobs so um yeah we've been busy and we haven't forgot about the podcast not in the least we've literally been trying to get back to it as many times as we could and we were very close about what three weeks ago or four weeks ago and then Zoe mm. got ill again <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah it happens but neither of us had covid so we should be grateful for that at very least um but yeah, today we're going to carry on from pretty much where we left off. And we promised you a mystery episode on the next episode, I believe. Actually, I think I gave a clue. I don't even remember what the clue was now. Was eight months. <laughs> do you even remember what the clue was? No idea. It had something to do with... Um, I, know I, I know I inserted the word bathtub and mystery in there. I have no idea. I'd have to go back and listen to it. But... Um, but yeah, but I think we've got a good episode this week. Zoe, would you like to tell our listeners what we are talking about today? Of course. A policeman entered the bathroom and found a holdall in the bathtub. Red liquid seeped from it. Inside was a naked body contorted in such a position that it looked like the arms and legs had been removed. The policeman who arrived at the scene noted that there was no signs of a struggle. This was not a robbery or a home invasion. It was a neat job and a professional kill. This is the story of Gareth Williams. Thank you, Zoe. So, Gareth Williams. Um, Yeah, this is something that piqued my interest when I first heard it because Mm. it was just so bizarre. And the official narrative that was coming out of the mainstream media from the police it just you just couldn't I couldn't believe it I mean some people might find it plausible but I was just like how so without giving anything away I think we should just kind of go through chronologically explain who he was and what it's about and then we'll get to the actual scene itself so yeah Gareth Williams was born on the 26th September 1978 he was a Welsh mathematician and an employee of GCHQ he was seconded to the Secret Intelligence Service, which in um, England we call MI6, or do, do we call it SIS? Oh, I suppose the, the abbreviation would be SIS, Secret Intelligence Service, but yeah, I, I've always known it as being MI5 or MI6, isn't it? Or is MI5 yeah. the James Bond one? Is that a fictional one? Or no, MI5, MI5 is domestic <laughs> and MI6 is international. Okay, okay. So neither of them are fictional. <laughs> no, neither of them are fictional. Um, however... James Bond works for the wrong one because he works for MI5, but he does international. That's what I thought. I knew there so was he, some he sort works, of error there. Yeah, okay. he works for the wrong one. 
Gareth became famous when he was found dead in suspicious circumstances at a security safe house in Pimlico, London, on the 23rd of August 2010. His body was mysteriously found naked in a zipped up and locked duffel bag in a bathtub. The inquest found that his death was unnatural and likely to have been criminally meditated. However, a subsequent Metropolitan Police reinvestigation concluded that William's death was probably an accident. Or, speculation in Britain went into overdrive, was it suicide, murder, professional hit or a sexual game gone wrong? Wow. I mean, <laughs> the, just from that, the whole the, the, the thing that grabbed me, I think, the most was the fact that he was in a duffel bag in a bathtub and it was locked from the outside. With a padlock, <laughs> not even like just yeah, with a padlock. The, the lock, you know, a suitcase lock or something. I mean, and that was the part where I was like, well, you have to rule out suicide at that point, <laughs> because how could that even be suicide if there's got a padlock that's locked from the outside of a duffel bag that you're inside? And we'll but, get to yeah. it later, but that's not the weirdest part either. There are no. several things that he could not have done as yeah. a dead person. <laughs> it does get weirder. It does get weirder. So um, so Gareth was a 31-year-old codebreaker, described by his family as a very private person. He was from Hollyhead, North Wales, and worked as a communications officer at Government Listening Post GCHQ in Cheltenham, but was on a three-year secondment to MI6 in London. He was remembered as an exceptional pupil, and at five, Gareth showed an interest in computers at school, which quickly became his passion. Gareth was incredibly intelligent, um, and whilst in primary school, he achieved a GCSE in maths, which I barely did in secondary school. It's sad, but it's true. At the age of 10, he went to secondary school, gaining A grades. So in England, um, we go to secondary school at 11 and we don't leave. Well, now until we're 18. So at the age of 10, he went to secondary school, gaining A grades in A-level maths and computer science at 13. That's pretty impressive. The school who saw, you know, how gifted he was, contacted Bangor University who accepted him as a part-time student on a maths degree course. Um, One of his teachers said that he was the best logician with the fastest brain he had ever met. In 1997, age 18, Gareth left home to begin a PhD at Manchester University. His dissertation focused on computer game. Three years on, age 21, Gareth was approached by the British Security Services, who the university believes has spotted his precocious online gaming abilities. GCHQ was a world in which Gareth fitted in, working alone or in small teams, waist deep in mathematical problems. Work became his life. There was little time for much outside of it, something evidenced by how he chose to live, renting a modest room in the Pressbury area of the town. Inside was a single, child-sized bed, a small chest of drawers, three upright wooden chairs and a gas heater, all furnished by Jenny Elliott, the landlord. Which just seems really bizarre to me how someone could live like that in a child-sized bed well he was only five foot something (laughs) was it five seven no was it five seven okay all right over the decade he spent there gareth introduced no luxuries accumulated no clutter so he'd hate my house um he bought no one back you saw my work desk like (laughs) my house well, you saw my work desk. I had more toys on my desk than I did work. So <laughs> at one point, my desk looked like a complete carnival. 
Or Especially you when they... me some of your action figures when you left. Exactly. We knew, <laughs> we never they brought in that clear desk policy, and I was just completely oh. rebellious against that and started bringing in all the toys I could imagine. You so, had plants and watering I, cans. It's everything. true. There was all sorts going on. I had a tea, and a tea, tea maker, yeah. <laughs> a tea collection, a fan <laughs> that would show like words when it spun oh, around. Like a little RTD2 that cleaned your desk. The RTD2 Hoover. <laughs> it was insane. It was actually insane. So um, yeah, no, he would he would totally hate wide disc. Uh, um, he brought no one back to it and said he was to be so serious and quiet that when he did become animated, people were alarmed by his unusual laugh. Is there any I've, evidence of this laugh? I've got to hear it. How can you be alarmed? <laughs> it must have either been really loud or really squeaky because I don't know what else could alarm you because I've I've been next to people that yeah yeah I've been next to someone who's laughed really loud like ha 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 like that kind of deep like raw laugh and um that makes you jump occasionally but but yeah I suppose there wouldn't be any evidence obviously because he was a spy so (laughs) you wouldn't go around recording his laugh everywhere would he um especially with that um distinctive yeah but it did make me think though when I when I heard that like what would that actually be like yeah, so it was said that um, Gareth was a middle-ranking technician, asserting himself in a number of sensitive areas, any one of which could theoretically have brought him into contact with enemies of the state. Yeah, and I suppose that's, that kind of goes with the job, doesn't it? Yeah, Cause it does. you're you're going around, I suppose, you know, spying on people's business, and um, you're going to make enemies. Uh, while GCHQ gathers intelligence from Europe, Africa and Russia... His partners in the US, the National Security Agency, also had access to British and European signals traffic at Menwith Hill at top secret RAF base near Harrogate in Yorkshire. Williams's elevation from GCHQ came with the liquid bomb plot, where a group of British radicals of Asian origin were found to be planning to detonate homemade explosives on board seven flights to the major North American cities. Intercepting emails and phone calls between these plotters and their contacts abroad, Williams flew between the UK and the US, working at Fort Meade, the NSA HQ in Baltimore. Yes, so he was brought into close proximity to US intelligence, Islamic radicals and Middle Eastern agents. He would also rub shoulders with the Russians. And according to a foreign intelligence analyst based in the UK, they described how technology and software owned by GCHQ was deployed in tracking a Moscow-backed sleeper cell to which Britain had been alerted as early as 2003. So the case that he was working on blew up in June 2010, when 10 people were arrested in the US and accused of being part of an espionage ring. So, OK, so those people obviously were very angry at him, I'm assuming. Yeah, so he... he worked He worked on this case and he, I think he was the one who was intercepting the emails and phone calls. So okay. he was tracking the people who were involved in this, okay. in, in okay. both of these kind of plots. Um, so he was quite high profile, really working on quite high profile things. Yeah, but the point I'm trying to make was probably making a lot of enemies at the same time. Yeah, probably. Yeah. If they knew it was him. Yeah, of course, of course. Williams at this time was now as a comment to MI6 with its focus on foreign targets and intelligence gathering, becoming more of a spy than a deskbound technician. Although Williams would shortly be called back to GCHQ to work on a new project. He had been liaising again with counterparts of the NSA, who were part of the effort to create an American cyber defence policy. At the time of his death, he was researching British vulnerability to Russian, Turkish and Chinese gangs. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, it's pretty impressive. He was pretty impressive. His, his CV, his resume, in terms of what he was able to achieve in, in relatively short space of time. You know, yeah, I was going to say he was still young. Yeah, from school to now, that's quite a lot under his belt. So yeah, yeah, he's 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 definitely one of the looks like he's one of the top spies out there, and still relatively quite young. Yeah, and it just sounds like he had he lived quite a peculiar life. Well, and maybe not actually. It sounds like he was staying very much under the radar, which is how you want a spy to be. Yeah. And they always say that spies aren't going to be these, you know, lavish James Bond type characters. Mm. They are. You, we would have met hundreds of them in our time and not known it. They will be the most boring, forgettable people because that's mm. what that's they want what you them need. to be. Yeah. yeah. You don't um, want to draw any attack. You don't want to draw any attention to yourself at all. No. So mm. it sounds like he fit that bill quite well, although still owning no possessions. Just. Yeah. It's quite a sad life, though, as well, isn't it? Yeah, you think, I think so. Could you go through life just, I mean, because it's not even the materialistic aspect of it, of saying I want to own all these things, but you'd want sentimental things around you. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like your, like your family, or what, obviously you can't have pictures of your family up if you're a spy because they become targets. But, I mean, you'd want that. As a human being, there's certain things that you kind of crave for, even like jail, um, you know, inmates. Well, even a TV. He didn't have a TV. Yeah, he didn't even have a TV or a record player. I mean, that's kind of that's. What did he do in his spare time? They didn't, you know, know. they didn't mention any books and stuff found. It just seems, or maybe he must have had books. He had to, because you can't have no form of entertainment. Just no form of entertainment, no pictures, no no Lego, no nothing, (laughs) (laughs) no puzzles. And he didn't have, you know, smartphones weren't what they are today. Yeah. I mean, it's quite a lonely existence. And obviously he's getting paid quite a lot of money. And you might uh, it's probably less than you think. You reckon? I don't he's know. He's a civil I servant mean, still. Yeah, but it's a high risk civil servant. I mean, come <laughs> on, you're getting flown around to different countries to spy on other people and give evidence and all that stuff. I would assume there's gotta be some you know, there's gotta be some um, financial rewards to that, or at least benefits, even if it's not cash monetary i would assume there's got to be some sort of benefits you, you get flown out to certain places to have a, a holiday or a break in like a like some little house on the, on the, on the sea that no one even knows exists and it's just you there you know i don't know there has to be some perks otherwise what is the point you can't mm. just be a nosy person and be like this is a perfect job for me i like to be nosy all the time <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a very good job to me <laughs> oh gosh okay so that was his life. Now, yeah. let's talk about his death. Um, before we go into, obviously, the weird bits and our speculation and other people's theories, um, I think we just need to understand kind of the timeline and how he was found and the initial, um, a little bit of the police investigation, because we'll look into that a little bit after as well, um, and how that changed. Yeah. And the different versions of how he may have died. Yeah, yeah. So on the 25th of August 2010, Ian and Ellen Williams, Gareth's parents, flew to Manchester where they were met by police who officially broke the news that two days earlier in London, a man believed to be their son had been found dead. They told them what we already know, the body has been found in a padlock inside a sports bag in the flat where Gareth was staying. 
they speculated at the time it could have been there for up to a fortnight. Mm. So a fortnight. So you're thinking it's got to be a pretty bad smell along with that, surely. Yeah, well, we'll get to that because um, someone tried to um, speed decomposition up, didn't they? So. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So it would um, have been awful to find. Mm. And also, it's probably sad that you could be missing for two weeks and no one knows. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, but, and why work wouldn't have reported him coming in if he lived and breathed work? Yeah, you know, you'd think if you think those colleagues would be like, well, yeah, Williams is not here today. He's usually here every day on time. Like, <laughs> it's a bit odd, I, and home. that's the worrying yeah. part is that you could just go missing and and no one knows for two weeks. Um, and he didn't even leave his apartment. Yeah, exactly. So stepping back a little bit. Um, before he was found his sister Kerry and her husband told police that they had seen Gareth in June when he had taken them for tea at the Ritz in London to celebrate their second wedding anniversary so you're right he probably did have a bit of money if he could take people to the Ritz (laughs) this is what I'm saying you're not going to do a job like that unless you get some serious coin I mean come on Although he did own no things, so he was probably saving That's a lot of money. That's what I'm saying. Like, what is he doing? He's accumulating all this wealth like <laughs> like a squirrel with nuts. It's just, what is happening? Where is he putting it all? Like, you must be tempted at some point to just be like, I can buy anything I want right now. Yeah. And, and that's the other weird thing, because obviously he's not doing it for the money then. Because if no. you're not buying anything with it, what are you doing it for? He just likes putting himself at risk. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So he'd been in the capital for more than six months, but could never tell his sister what he was doing. Obviously. Mm -hmm. That would be uh, defeating the point of being a spy. (laughs) Um, So Kerry says she last spoke to her brother on 11th of August after he returned from a short trip to the US. I remember that. I'll come back to that later. He now intended to tidy things up before returning to GCHQ in Cheltenham on the 3rd of September. Okay, okay. And so that trip from the US, is that time with the court case that we just spoke about earlier? So the trip the case US... blew up in June 2010, didn't it? And then, then he yeah. was dead by, was it August 2010? Yeah, 23rd yeah. of August. So by the 23rd of August, he he, he, he was murdered. Well, I'm, I'm saying murdered. I'm ruling out suicide from this point on, spoiler. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that wasn't that long after. No, and it was confirmed, I think I, um, it was confirmed that that trip to the US was for work, not for, he he went out under the pretense it was on, he was on holiday, but it it was a work thing. Okay, okay. So her dates matched exactly what the police learned from Mm -hmm. Gav's former landlady, Jenny Elliott, who had rented him a room in her house in Cheltenham for 10 years when he had worked for GCHQ before transferring to London. Is your image of Jenny Elliot the same as my image of Jenny Elliot, which is like the 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 landlord in um, Sherlock? Because <laughs> <laughs> it just it just it just rings true of that. It's just like I won't go up there and find out what's going on. I'll just leave him like to his own. Like you know, ten years, and you're not questioning that this dude has nothing. <laughs> his room looks exactly the same as the day you rented it to him. <laughs> Uh, okay that was that was my first picture of her when when I first read this yeah I like that I can't believe he'd been there for 10 years but yeah he'd called her in August asking if he could return 
And she obviously took him back, no problem. She said he des- she described him as a model tenant, saying that he didn't even have a TV or record player. Um, <laughs> so he was going to be causing no issues. No issues at all. Come back anytime. Yeah. So when when um, uh, when Kerry rang her brother a week later, there was no answer. She tried repeatedly to contact him, but it was never a response, which was out of character. And Kerry began to worry. So Kerry contacted the police and on 23rd of August at 6.30pm, police were sent to his, his top floor flat in Pimlico, a few hundred yards from the MI6 headquarters as well. Interestingly, the flat was also used by the secret intelligence service as a safe house. That's ironic, isn't it? Well, and I have questions here, because why was he in a safe house? Was it because he was on a secondment and they just needed to put him up somewhere so they were like, stay in this empty flat we have? Right. Or was it because they knew loads of people were annoyed at him on these things and they he was actually in protection and they didn't tell us? Well, they're not going to tell me, but... <laughs> well, they didn't <laughs> tell anyone. But this is it. Who did they tell? Because I'm going to tell Why anyone, was he there? You're putting his life at risk, aren't you? So you can't tell anyone why he's there or if he's there. But he so that, could have been using it as a safe house. He could have been in hiding. I would assume he is. I would assume this American situation got a bit ugly um, because I think it's a bit coincidental. But that happened in June, and then by August he was he was dead. I'm not saying the Americans killed him. They could have got another country, some other how way or whatever to do it, but. I think it's tied up with whatever happened in the States. That's my personal opinion from what I'm reading at the moment. And that doesn't mean it was an American that did it. I just no, mean no, no. Yeah, the I did. politics that followed that. Yeah, I think it was something that maybe the UK and the US were working on against someone else. Possibly, yeah. Possibly yeah. the Russians, like, you know, like we said earlier. Um, um, but I can't find it kind of, I, I wish they would clarify if he was there just like using the flat. Or if he was there using it as a safe house, I think that would be interesting. Yeah, I think it's. I, I'm going to go with safe house. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with safe house because I think because what makes me think that is the fact that he had to. But then this is the weird thing because if it is their safe house, why does he have to call the landlady to let her know he's coming? It just seems a bit unusual as well. Oh yeah, because he was leaving again. He planned to leave. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So he might. He, so he must have just been using it as somewhere to stay for his secondment. It, it, it makes more sense to me. But um, okay. anyhow, <laughs> okay, police were let inside and the place was spotless. I mean spotless, like bleached within an inch of its life, spotless. Yeah, and you, I can kind of imagine that because most spy films try to go for that look, don't they? Like the spy is like completely neat, like OCD-centric kind of neatness. Um, so that kind of is... Oh, no, that's not what I was thinking at all. I was thinking someone did a good clean-up after. Oh, was you? No, yeah. see, I, 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 was all, I was going the other way around. I was thinking that <laughs> that's the life that a spy lives. Because if you own nothing, what is there to mess up, really? <laughs> if you've got no <laughs> possessions, what is there to mess up? You go home, you lie down on the bed, and that is it. That's the night. <laughs> uh, so the police were let inside, and the place was spotless, as we said. There were two iPhones, some SIM cards, and an Apple notebook sitting on a table. So a policeman who um, was inspecting the flat, um, as we mentioned earlier, he entered the bathroom and he found the holder in the bathtub. He saw red liquid in the bathtub, which we now know to be blood. Mm-hmm. Unzipping the bag, uh, which I also have a question about, but I'll come back to that. What, the blood? No, the unzipping the bag. Okay, well, the blood's an issue for me, but yeah. 
But uh, well, I'm just opening the bag. Because the key was inside the bag, but he'd have just cut it open, right? What the key for the padlock was in the was bag. Was in the bag. Yeah, that doesn't make anything less confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it actually makes it more complicated to understand. Um, okay, so we don't know how the policeman got into the bag, but he got into the bag. Um, and Gareth, he was naked and he was in such a contorted position that they actually thought he'd been cut up into pieces. So he radioed for assistance, noting that there were no signs of struggle and it wasn't a robbery or a home invasion. And he said it was a euphemism of a professional kill. Which I think would be your immediate thought from seeing something like that. Just for the way that it's staged. I mean, do you know what I mean? To find a body in that manner, in a bag, in a bathtub your brain's already going to be doing loops because you're thinking this looks like a movie. This is this looks like something from Seven. This isn't something yeah. you see in real life, you know. So you're immediately going to go to that, uh, to homicide uh, instead of suicide. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so far they had a body in an advanced state of decay, no weapon, no sign of forced entry or a struggle. I'm a massive fan of Jonathan Creek. You know, I've been meaning to go back and watch those. Actually, I've never, I've never actually watched an episode. Have you not? Never ever, and I know it's right down my street because he's a magician, right? Isn't he a magician in the show as well? Yeah, he's a magician, but he, yeah, yeah, and he gets to solve like exactly this type of mystery, locked room mysteries. Um, Really? Okay. It's fantastic. It's one of my favourite shows. So um, are they, is is are, is the show don't lean towards you'd kind of have to be a magician to understand how to solve that crime? Is that is it? Yeah. So Jonathan Creek, he he actually works for a magician. So, but he designs all the tricks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, makes sense. And so he gets called into a lot of. Um, he gets teamed up with like a an investigative journalist, basically, mm-hmm. who realise he's got these talents to. Right. See the magic yeah. and. Um, he gets called into all these kind of locked room, yeah, locked room mysteries. Yeah. You know, dead body on a bed, window shut, doors locked from the outside to work okay. it out. It's fantastic. It's very I'm good. I'm check it out. And there must have been a few seasons of that by now. And oh, I bet you, is well, it, um, ancient, ancient. Are they on iPlayer? If um, they are. I think they might be. I think they might be on Netflix, actually. I'm going to definitely watch them because I've been meaning to watch those for years and years and years. I'm like, this is so up my street. But, you know, sometimes when something's so up your street, you kind of like put it off even more because you yeah. think it's going to be too familiar to the point where you're like, no, I don't like it. But um, but no, I've been meaning to watch that. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to it. Anyway. Yeah, it's very good. But this is something straight out of Jonathan Creek. And I, I do sometimes, this did make me think, I don't know why they don't just get the writers of Jonathan Creek to have a quick look. I've always <laughs> I used to feel that before like why don't they get people that write detective programs to solve crime like that just makes sense but then I suppose I think when you think about it from a writing point of view you kind of you kind of um what do you call it reverse engineer it which yeah is, which is why you're able to do it but your... if you've written you know I, I can't remember how many series of Jonathan Creek there were maybe five or six you if might just have an inkling. Yeah. <laughs> you might have come across this one before. It's true. It's true. I mean, they, they can go to psychics. Why not? <laughs> Why not go to other people? <laughs> These people are much more... Um, Credible. You know, yeah. <laughs> Concentrating on the hold and its contents, detectives were able to establish that Gareth had not been stabbed, shot or hacked to pieces. So they couldn't mm. distinguish a... Um, 
a cause of death. But the, the problem with that for me is where did the blood come from then? Because oh, there's no. This is the part that's always baffled me about this whole story is the blood in the bath because I'm assuming the blood seeps out of the bag. But if there are no puncture wounds and there are no and that had to have been done. There's the no second no, yeah. he was killed because your blood obviously coagulates so if yeah. he was left in there and exactly my point so this is that was my first Columbo moment yeah. so to speak when uh looking at this case because I was just kind of like but no one refers to this blood again it's like it's, it's brought up once when they anyone at first explains how they find the scene but then no one talks about how the blood got there and I always find that weird because you've got to bleed from somewhere but yeah. And it had to be, I'm assuming it had to be his blood. They'd have tested that. Well, yeah, if they did, if they didn't, <laughs> that would be huge. That would be that would be a huge, huge flaw in the case if they didn't. Um, but it's one of those things that it's, it's said at the start and then it's never, ever mentioned again. Yeah, like, you're right. Through all the things I've watched or seen or heard. Um, I still haven't watched the TV series on this yet, though, because, again, I like to not watch the, like, the dramatisation of these things until we've recorded so I will yeah well it takes actually I sh- yeah I'll mention it later it takes it definitely follows one of the theories that I don't necessarily agree with but okay do you think they're trying to detract from possible other theories on purpose yeah, maybe <laughs> conspiracy okay on August 25th home office pathologist Dr Ben Swift carried out a post-mortem that together with the first batch of toxicological tests came back inconclusive if we don't know what to look for and are not guided by what we see or smell on the body we cannot find it says a forensic scientist who worked on the Lifkinenko case who was the Russian spy killed in 2006 in London he said they test for 50 obvious poisons 50 rare ones we can do the isotopes but in the absence of specific direction the possibilities are as limitless as the killer's imagination and we cannot test for that By September, CCTV footage was finally found. In the frames released to the public, Gareth Williams walked past Holland Park tube station in West London at 3pm on the 14th of August, three days after he had last spoken to his sister. So around this area, staff at a nearby Valerie Patisserie said that in the week before, a man fitting Gareth's description had spent several hours in the cafe on consecutive days sitting in the back with a laptop, receiving occasional visitors, which is interesting. One security source said he believed Williams was working in West London, monitoring one of the many foreign embassies in the area, so monitoring out of the coffee, yeah, monitoring them out of the coffee shop. And then here is when he says he confirms, just as he had been working whilst on his recent holiday to the US. So, so that confirms, Henry, that he was... He was- doing the same thing there he was probably sitting in a coffee shop spying yeah yeah completely mm. i find it interesting who the guests would be visitors mm. yeah um, other spies i guess trading information i have no idea i mean well, i'm I, my my you understand my my perception of what spies do is based purely on tv i have no, no idea how they do this stuff in real life I, it's purely just based on things like james bond and whatnot so um, and I'm not someone that reads a lot of spy novels or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's purely based on what I've seen on telly. Well, my partner had a had a theory, which we'll, we can talk about later on, because he had several reasons that um, he could have actually been selling secrets. Oh, ah, so um, the British killed him. Yeah, maybe. 
the plot thickens i like it <laughs> um okay. but it would you know that might explain the occasional visitor um, it could do it could do Police released footage of Williams on 15th August 2. At 2pm, he was filmed at a cash machine visiting Harrods, walking at 2.30pm via Hands Crescent in Knightsbridge towards Sloan Street. Soon after, he vanished. Police now believe he died in the early hours of Tuesday, the 16th of August. His death was being compared to that of Georgi Markov, the Bulgarian dissident killed by a poison-tipped umbrella in London 32 years before, and the 2006 murder of Russian dissident Alexander Litvinenko. Which does sound something out of a movie, and it, it proves does. that they do do things. Yeah, like, like like the movies. I do actually remember that umbrella of the tip thing as well. That was a big bloody deal, man. I remember that. That was like the first exposure to anything like this when I was a kid. I was just like, that really happens? But I do remember that. So they were probably compared to this because um, Gareth had obviously been assigned to MI6, and in the months before his death, um, sources said that he'd been working with the US National Security Agency Two senior British police sources with direct knowledge of the case said some of his work was focused on Russia. And one confirmed report said that he had been helping the NSA trace international money laundering routes that are used by organised crime groups, including Moscow-based mafia cells. When he went missing, the security services actually failed to notify the police when he didn't turn up for work. See, that's the dodgy part, though, isn't it? Because, I mean... Yeah. They understand what they're doing. They understand the, the level of danger involved. He doesn't turn up to I mean, But then again, that's what I'm saying. Because I don't know what spies do. Is it normal for them to just disappear yeah, for a few days? Like, you know, it, maybe there's a cooling off period or something where they have to lay. Like, I don't know. So for what we might find as odd, could be very normal in spy world. That that's what you do. You might just duck out for a week if you find that you, there's some heat on you. You know, you never know. You might run into someone and fall all. Oh, I need to get off the grid for a while. But surely there must be a protocol for that. You know? Yeah, and you would tell. There must be a way to ring your boss and be like, you know. Yeah, I've, I've got to disappear for like 10 <laughs> days. But yeah, I don't know. Weird one. Um, Before we go into kind of what the coroner versus the police thought, because they both reached very, very different outcomes. Okay. So let's discuss what happened to him. Detectives set out their theories. You could look at it one way, reading the crime scene, making it look like a forensically aware hitman. Um, Gareth was described as a slender, five foot seven. I mean, that's not that tall. I mean, five foot it's seven. It's average, I guess. I mean, because he has to be quite small to fit in that bag. And is that five seven with shoes on or five seven without shoes on? There's a big difference there. Well, that's, a, that's a whole other inch. But he's been... Um, He's been stuffed inside the near airtight red North Face sports bag and placed in the bath, containing any spillages and minimising any odours. The heating was left on, which obviously would increase the rate of decomposition, which significantly lessened the chances of retrieving evidence from the corpse. Yeah, so, it, like it, this was August. No one has the heating <laughs> on in August. Yeah, it is baking. It, I mean, England doesn't get that hot, but occasionally, occasionally in the summer we'll get like five days of just unbearable heat and that probably lands somewhere over in july august oh actually the last couple of years it's actually been september as well but we we'll yeah. usually get one week of the year where everyone will act like they need air con but uh, it never gets cold enough in august to put the heating on no that that i would agree with uh, there's a there's a running joke in england like everyone tries to it's an absolute cardinal sin 
to have it on past what April. Yeah. And then you put it back on around late October, early November. Yeah. 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 No, no one has the heating on outside <laughs> is, of that time. That is a thing. That is a thing. And unfortunately, if you're like me when you get cold, it is it's horrible. But yeah. Um, but most people do stick to that. Um, so they were so perplexed at how he died. They were not ruling anything out at this point. And the detective told the press that if you can imagine it, then basically we are investigating it. But what the police were leaving out was that they were certain that Gareth had not been alone. Um, so returning to the hold door, studying the zips and locks, police became certain that he could have not locked himself inside, which is a given. I agree. Yeah. I don't think yeah. anyone should dispute that. There was further proof that someone else must have been in the flat with him because his front door had been locked from the outside. <laughs> now, this is something I cannot get past. You cannot zip yourself up in a bag, get out the bath, leave no mess, lock your door from the outside. Yeah. Someone else was there. But even then, the way you said that, it would have to be done in reverse order. So what he would have had to have done was leave the apartment, lock the door, somehow go outside the apartment, climb up outside the apartment, climb in a window, close that window, then go in the bathroom with the bag, put himself in the bag, in the bathtub, zip it up somehow, padlock it, and it's the key inside the bag that gets me. Because but why? Why would you do it? How that? could you padlock it from the outside? And, and then the key's in the bag. Uh, well, I suppose you don't need the key to lock it. That's the only thing. You don't need a key to lock a padlock. You just need to squeeze So why is the key there anyway, then? Yeah, I don't know. You got me there. <laughs> and was the key on his person, or was it just in the bag? It was under his body in the bag. Under his body in the bag. It's a weird so the one. Key, so it was put in the bag first, I'm presuming. So you think they threw the key in the bag, put him in the bag, zipped it up, put the padlock on, and then locked it and left him in it the bag? It doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't make sense that you'd leave the key there. No. But then the key being there is what gives room for that this could have been an accident. Because he needed the key to get back out. He needed the key to get back out. So logic would kind of dictate that the person who, if you wanted to put him in there and you had bad intentions, why would you give him the key? Which kind of is true. But I don't Unless know. it was a padlock that you needed a key to lock it. We don't have the that's we're speculating we don't have the padlock maybe it was a padlock that they needed a key to lock it i don't know but either way either way it's not something i can imagine that he did on himself <laughs> on his on his own accord is what i'm saying i think i think to just logically talk your way through that i watch a lot of magic and i watch a lot <laughs> of people escaping from things and um there are many ways of doing that there are definitely many ways they've been doing it for literally 100 years so but in this case, it just seems completely implausible. Mm. Um, and you do obviously need other things in order to do that in magic. You're not just doing it with nothingness. So, Like other people. <laughs> yeah, assistance and, and whatnot and, and rigged bags or rigged locks or rigged ropes. or. But anyway. Yeah, so I think there must have been another person there. And I think the police were thinking the same thing. As an ITV Wales blog reported, a police appeal for information in his death, stating that the police investigation of the death of Gareth are appealing for help to trace two people seen entering his central London flat earlier in the summer. The couple were described as both being of Mediterranean appearance and between 20 and 30 years old. 
they were seen going in through the communal door of the property in Alderney Street late one evening. Mm. So that seems bizarre as well, because he, in a previous statement, his old landlord said he never had guests. True. But she says that, but then, like, you know, she's not watching him all of the time, all the time. Otherwise, he wouldn't be a good spy, would he, if if, if he couldn't defeat his landlord? So... <laughs> I would argue that she probably means well and she probably says that again she reminds you of the lady in <laughs> in, in Sherlock Holmes so I'm going to give her the benefit of that, that she may not have seen all of his guests and I'm going to also give her the benefit of that because he is a super spy so um, it's plausible that she didn't see anything I don't know if it's dodgy enough for me because I think it, these two people could be anybody literally but anybody but that's the point isn't it why would you you know if I, if police saw people coming into my flat I don't think they didn't they'd immediately question if they were ill-intentioned so there must have been a reason that they had put out to the public have you seen these people you know they only do that when people are like people of interest yes no I agree with you there but also people and they never came forward because if if they were just, just people that they want to cross off the list but if they were just his mates or something they'd have come forward and said oh no that was us we were Watching Star Wars, Unless whatever. Unless they're other spies, and they can't do that. Again, if you're in that world, who knows how it works? You might not be able to come forward. You know, you're going to blow your cover. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh at that like it's just something from the movies that they say. <laughs> I'm sure that's a saying in the spy world, blow your cover. <laughs> I didn't make that. I didn't just make that up. Like, that showed my naivety to um, the world of MI5 and MI6. Okay, so the coroners and the police had a completely different conclusion to what had actually happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Operation Finlays was the major investigation launched by Scotland Yard, but they initially found it too hard to say what had been the cause of death, as the body was so badly decomposed. Another wall they found was that they were being blocked by the security services from probing too deeply into William's death. Detectives had no idea what Gareth Williams really did or who he was and had been unable as of yet to find anyone close to him. An independent coroner who oversaw the inquest into the spy's death noted that it was probably criminally meditated and Gareth had been unlawfully killed. He quoted that the conclusion wasn't what the government wanted and according to a high-ranked MI6 officer who was serving when the spy died, it gives validity to an assumption there was some conspiracy for which he insisted there was absolutely no evidence. I just googled him. It says on wiki, it says cause of death, assassination slash unlawfully killed, ruled, accident, speculated. Who ruled that? So I'm assuming the, um, uh, just to clarify here, his cause of death, we find out, is um, asphyxiation. Okay. So there was a seven day inquest in May 2012, during which the question of whether Gareth could have padlocked himself into the bag in a bath was central. Pathologist said he would have suffocated within three minutes if he had been alive when he got inside it. However, another pathologist, Peter Folding, an expert who spe- Peter Folding, he specialises in small spaces. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be real. Is that really real? <laughs> he just folds everything up. That's <laughs> <laughs> An expert who specialises in rescuing people from confined spaces said he tried to lock himself into an identical bag 300 different times but failed. Not living up to his namesake, clearly. No, 
And I don't think he did it 300 times. But either way, he probably tried a lot of times. And it probably felt like 300 times. But I'm pretty sure he probably quit after the first 90 times. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, honest. you know, if you can't do it after the first 90 times, I'm pretty sure you know you can't do it. Exactly. Or at least the first 150. You're, you're not getting to 300. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you meant well when you said that, but I don't believe that statement. Um, Gareth's DNA was found on the lock attached to the bag so he couldn't have done it himself I was no. just gonna throw that out there none of his dna was found on the lock attached to the bag and his palm prints were not found on the rim of the bath so i think we can we can very confidently say he did not lock that lock no, i'm confident saying it just from from logic he didn't lock that lock <laughs> he so. can't lock the lock and wipe it clean after the fact no 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 and not to mention how difficult it is to get in that bag. Although it doesn't say how tall that guy is who did it 300 times. Oh, no, that's a good point. Because um, clearly you'd have to be five foot six or seven to probably even attempt. The way they said that they found him where they thought he'd been cut up, I don't think you could put your own body in a position like that. Yeah, like it has to be forced in. Yeah. And that would, sh- assumingly, that would have to be after death. Because I would think so. It'd be very hard to do very that just to someone while death. they're actually struggling to get out from your from your hold do you know what i mean you couldn't just you couldn't just force someone in a bag no, while no. they're trying to not be in a bag <laughs> no that'd be very difficult to do so um unless you had like loads and loads of people literally pinning you down but then surely you could break the bag yeah just, just the force of your legs and your arms if you were still alive so I, I, that had to be after death so there were about 10 to 15 traces of dna in the flat from which it had not been possible to gain full DNA profiles at the time. But all other DNA profiles and fingerprints had been eliminated. Mm. And as we've mentioned before, the key had been placed under the spy's decomposing body inside the bag. Yeah. So the coroner, Fiona Wilcox, concluded that most of the fundamental questions in relation to how Gareth died remain unanswered. She concluded that on the balance of probabilities, Gareth was unlawfully killed. Uh, according to pathologist and escapologist who testified during her inquiry, the padlock on the almost airtight enclosure sealed his fate, stupefying and then killing him within minutes from CO2 poisoning. His death was unnatural and criminally meditated, she said. It was not suicide. But that's not what the police think, though, is it, though, Zoe? <laughs> what did the police Well, it say? kind of was originally. Um... <laughs> yeah, this is what's so funny, because they kind of started that way. And then, yeah. obviously, someone came down and paid them a visit. And <laughs> the story just changed overnight. So, to begin with, the police were under the opinion that this was a murder. One detective said um, he said it appeared that someone had staged the crime scene, wiping the flat down to remove DNA and fingerprints, removing incriminating evidence, and leaving out decoy items for the police to find easily. They never said what those decoy items are, unless no. they're the SIM cards and things on the desk. Mm, um, maybe, he, maybe. Uh, he quoted, it was pretty bloody obvious. It was too clean. It was too easy. It was all there on a plate for us. So despite originally believing someone was in the flat with Gareth, Later on, the police would say it was more probable that no other person was present when he died in his London flat. So they just do a complete 180. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they've literally just done a 180, 100%. You can't go from thinking, oh, this is definitely a murder, 
because <laughs> that's what it clearly is. Um, so now just trying to paint it as a suicide or some accident. And if it is an accident, you'd, I'd, I'd love to see someone reenact it. Just, yeah. just show me on Crime Watch how this was even possible. I mean, put it out as a warning. Do not do this with your North Face bag. You know, <laughs> if it might feel like a good idea. Product recall. But product recall. We found out that this is this is not a good thing to do with this bag. It's not what it was intended for. Um, but yeah, it's just ridiculous to me that they've they've completely done that. But also, you know, if if MI6 are calling rank, and the police don't have the manpower to challenge that or to um, do any further investigation and then what else can they do um they're not going to do actual police work it's not like the movies where one policeman's going to go rogue and crack the case mm. no you wish that was what the police were i i really do unfortunately it's not the investigation did however come under some scrutiny um it had taken a week for mi6 to investigate gareth's disappearance and a post-mortem examination carried out by the home office pathologist failed to determine a cause of death when the police tried to carry out an investigation, MI6 blocked a lot of the information from reaching them. And many felt like the Secret Service were not only delaying the investigation, but actually hindering it. So not only did they not alert authorities when he had not turned up for work, but the detective chief inspector in charge of the case, Jackie Sabaya, did not even learn of some of the evidence relevant to the case, including nine computer memory sticks in a bag found at his office, until the coroner's inquest more than 18 months later. Hmm. Yeah, dodgy, very dodgy. So S- Scotland Yard, the HQ of Britain's premier police force, pledged to look into the case further. But in 2013, it announced that William's death was likely accidental. But again, where did the blood come from? So they're saying it's accidental, but they also, but you're saying the coroners now are saying that he definitely died by asphyxiation so who who's saying that the coroners or the police are saying that now that he died by asphyxiation the coroner said he died by co2 poisoning okay so hmm. and they're saying that can happen just from being in the bag because it's airtight well i guess you could suffocate someone before you put them in the bag because that's that's my point yeah because i mean how airtight can the duffel bag really be i mean most bags are made out of just material it's not like plastic or, or yeah, well, it could have been, like been leather i suppose it could have been leather. yeah or like a i don't know my partner's got like a hockey bag with like a plastic outline to it or something true and it's being north faced and i suppose it would be waterproof so possibly um, yeah. yeah what do i know about bags that's what i just proved <laughs> um but yeah so the death of mi6 spy gareth williams whose body was found in the padlock sports bag was probably an accident police were said at a briefing at the end of the three-year investigation, Deputy Assistant Commissioner Martin Hewitt said he was satisfied it was theoretically possible Mr Williams could have padlocked the bag from the inside, although many questions remain unanswered as to the circumstances of his death. He said there was no evidence that Gareth had intended to take his own life or that his death was connected to his work, and he insisted it was beyond credibility that he had been misled. I do not believe that I have had the wall pulled over my eyes. I believe that what we are dealing with is a tragic, unexplained death. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I have no words. <laughs> no, it's just that's just that's just kind of trying to paint you as stupid. Surely, that's just literally talking to people as if they have no common sense. 
He acknowledged that the coroner, having studied all the evidence available at that stage, had made the logical inference that it was more likely someone else was involved in Gareth's death. But the reality is that for both hypotheses, there exists evidential contradictions and gaps in our understanding. So I think he's not really giving the police a good rep at this point. No, no, not at all. And a lot of people were very frustrated with the police, including Gareth Williams' family. Well, yeah, because, like, I mean, they, they're not stupid. Come on. If they're no. looking at the same evidence that we're looking at, then you're basically being told nonsense. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's note to her, it's important to note, however, that not all police stood by this. Um, Detective Chief Inspector Colin Sutton, who is now retired, was the most senior officer to attend the scene at the time. He was quoted to say that he immediately suspected foul play and believed that the flat had been cleaned up to destroy evidence before the police arrived. He noted it was a warm August day, but the heating had been turned up to full blast, and the flat was absolutely baking. He said that he imagined that it was done deliberately to try and accelerate decomposition. The body was so badly decomposed that it was impossible for pathologists to determine whether Gareth had certain poisons in his system when he died. So that's another point when we're talking about cause of death. You know, it still could have been poison that we didn't know about, which yeah. we know is used. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Um, and they just wouldn't be able to detect it at that point. Exactly. Um, Crispin Black, another intelligence analyst and former advisor to the government, says the most likely es- the most likely explanation is that Gareth was murdered. He said the thing had a professional air. It was neat, tidy and organised. Um, he did point out I think this is a very good point. The bath is where you put things if you don't want any forensic residue to be left behind because you know exactly where the body's been and you can clear up after it. The fact the body was found locked in a holder with a key inside provides the strongest indication he was executed by a foreign death squad. Wow. So the foreign death squad, his words, not ours. Um, (laughs) That sounds very Hollywood-esque, doesn't it? (laughs) Foreign death squad. Like, okay, choice of words there. Um. And the Gareth family, they've decided to stick with the coroner's point of view. Of course. Yeah, as as would I. Yeah. Um, so when I originally, um, as we said, we, as you're all aware, we had a bit of a break from the podcast. And I uh, we'd actually done a lot of this research before we took a break. So when I picked it back up, lucky we did take a break for this story. Because there has been... Um, if if we were to have done it then, this is kind of where this story ended. But there has been an update now. Mm-hmm. Yes, there has. Do you want to tell us what the update is? Oh, yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what the update is. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, so, yeah, earlier this year, Sunday Times reported it was possible that advances in DNA science would allow the further study of a single hair that was found at the scene. So in February, the Met said it would review the information, but no forensic study had been commissioned. The Met is currently undertaking a forensic review to assess to assess whether there are any new investigative opportunities in this case. So really, news but no news. Yeah, and I think they mentioned in the BBC article when I was using it earlier that there is evidence to be re-examined and they have confirmed they will do that. But I don't know if they have confirmed whether they are doing a dna test or whether they are looking to see if they could do one if that makes sense it's almost like they've got permission to do it but they're not actually going to do it yet so yeah so so yeah it's like news but not news you know it's a weird one that one 
Um, so yeah, so one one of the other obviously one of the other theories that came up was sex gone bad. Yeah, so, so we're getting into the nitty gritty kind of conspiracy um, speculation. Yeah, that he was a promiscuous man and <laughs> somehow that led to his death. So yeah, well, Zoe, start us off on this. What, what's, what's sex gone bad? Well. I think this is um, the tabloids at their best and they knew they went straight to what they know best, which is sex. Um, The tabloids started to claim that a sex date a week before had gone wrong and that Gareth had invited someone to play bondage games with him. And when Gareth lost consciousness, they may have panicked or fled or sadistically sadistically locked the bag and left him inside to suffer. Mm. Um, this feels like a jump to me. <laughs> yeah, considering that this person who would be there to have sex party with him surely wouldn't be constantly thinking about the amounts of forensic evidence they'd be leaving around that apartment uh. whilst doing these sexual activities. So it, that's the part for me that there would be some DNA left from that person, whether it be hairs or hand or fingerprints, whatever. Because if you run, if you left, if you left in a hurry. Bodily fluids, yeah. Yeah, and you wouldn't be that clinical unless the person that he happened to be having sex games with was also a, a forensic spy. That's the only way for me that that would work. Otherwise, a normal everyday person in a panic leaving an apartment probably would leave more evidence than that. No, exactly. And I think what frustrated me so much here is that I feel detectives saw an opportunity here to push um the limelight away from a true investigation and they actually leaned into this theory for the media's sake Mm, so they were actually quoted by saying that he may have been a transvestite who may have been killed by a gay lover which was actually quoted word for word from by a detective um they said this because they apparently found women's clothing that would fit him and his pimlico flat in london so a few points here one who cares (laughs) Yeah, that was the point I thought. Doesn't really change the complexity of how they found this person. No, just because you wear... Like, I I mean... Just because you wear women's clothes does not mean in any... That doesn't change the fact he's still in a suitcase in the bath murdered. Like No, and at the end of the day, like, we've come on so much further from this. And, like, you know, clothes are clothes, right? Wear what you want. Whatever makes you happy. Um, We are a progressive nation. Yeah, so they actually said he earned £15,000 worth of unworn women's designer clothing. Unworn, Mm. which were kept in six boxes at the flat. And that he had visited a drag cabaret in East London four days before his death and had two more tickets. Again, firstly, who hasn't been to a drag cabaret in London? I personally haven't, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm I'm more of a home person. (laughs) Yeah, me too nowadays, but <laughs> all days. I think this is weird. It, and again, I believe I believe all of this in, in a sense that he probably was doing some of these activities, but it doesn't in any way change the case. What difference does that make in terms of solving this man's case? It doesn't make no difference. No, all you're doing is trying to murky the waters by exactly. other people's bigoted perceptions. Exactly. Um, what I find interesting, and taking out the fact it was women's clothing at all he doesn't own anything or spend any money so why has he now suddenly got six boxes and 15 grand worth of stuff in his 
Correct. And who's to say it wasn't Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Elliot's upstairs? <laughs> well, no, she was this. this he, she was in the Chelmsford flat. I know, she could have just been using it as storage if he's not there all the time. Why not? He's not there. He's not putting anything in the room. She's got a lot of dresses that she can't store. Yeah, put it downstairs. Mr. Williams' room. Perfect. He's not going to mind. He's got nothing to do with the wardrobe. It does feel like to me that um, if someone was, I was thinking about this earlier, it maybe sounds like he was like catfished. And someone was, say if there was like a Russian spy who wanted to knock him off. They actually <laughs> made friends with him and then planted this kind of. You don't even you you're completely oblivious that you just made a joke there, right? <laughs> a Russian person called knock him off. But anyway, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> that was genius. Good. Um, you know they could have made friends with him or pretended to be a lover or something, and then maybe left items. That would steer people off you know red herrings or yeah 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 um yeah. but again I, I think it would be far more simpler than that i just think yeah i just think in that world it's got to be quick it's got to be professional you know it's it's not going to be all of that i just i can't that's the hollywood version of it but in reality it's a lot more quick and sharp i would imagine it's in and out you know yeah and um, um, I, I fully believe they were creating their own story to distract us. And the reason I believe this, they did later say that the police did wrong by releasing the information about the women's clothing. Not only as it wasn't relevant, but they also didn't reveal that there was also £10,000 worth of mountaineering equipment in the flat. <laughs> yeah, let's just not mention that. Because um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't but, fit the narrative. No, it doesn't fit the narrative. And that, that's what I mean. They had a, a story they wanted to go with. And it's a distraction because, like yes. you said, it's sex, it's tabloid, it's that world of just, you know, people lap that stuff up, you know, and people become more interested in that than actually the crime itself that Facts. took place. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm going to digress from, yeah, I, I don't even think we should spend much more time on that because I don't think it's it's really relevant to um, figuring out how this person, you know, was murdered. Um, mm. Their sexuality and matters not really. We're still looking for a person that's skilled enough to pull off this crime. Yeah, and it was all rebuts. Like there was loads of unnamed sources reported that cocaine had been found, a cache of gay porn, small amounts of S and M paraphernalia. Where was all um, this found, though? In the same empty apartment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently. And that he'd also apparently was frequently paying for male escorts. So, all of this was later completely debunked. Yeah. Um, Debunked or covered up? Well, where you want to look at it, though, isn't it? A senior detective angrily rebutted the stories, saying that they read like a concerted smear and wondered why anyone would want to destroy his reputation after he was dead. Um, Like most well-constructed character assassinations, this one was founded on a grain of fact that made it harder to kind of squash. Is that the is that the detectives had actually been quietly investigating whether he was gay? Which, Again, I don't is that an investigation, though? This is what, what I'm trying to say. Why would you even put so much effort and time into investigating something whether someone's gay or not? No, and they kind of reached that point. And despite family saying they didn't think he was, please quietly think he was. But they also said there was no evidence of him paying for escorts, buying S&M equipment, using porn or drugs of any kind. And apparently one of the detectives said he didn't even drink. 
So mm. this was all conjecture. And I think my point I'm trying to make is, is even if they did find all of these things, how does that help solve this case? And I think that's that's what I'm trying to get at. Is it, it matters not realistically in terms of his sexuality in this in this yeah, circumstance? I don't see how solved. it's relevant. Yeah, it, the case still remains. It doesn't matter if you find all of that stuff in the room. The perplexing part of this case is him being in the bag in the bath with no evidence of how he got there or why he was there. That's the perplexing part. His sexuality, I think comes after that miles after that and it's not relevant so put a line under that yeah sense (laughs) so according to some news sources gareth was among at least 14 people suspected of having been killed by russian assassins on british soil as we already know british intelligence had been heavily involved in the investigation as they should have been but u.s intelligence services had revealed that they had also been secretly communicating with american counterparts about suspicions that gareth had been executed by russian assassins one high-ranking u.s intelligence source said the kremlin has aggressively stepped up its efforts to eliminate and silence its enemies abroad over the past couple of years particularly in britain a second servant official said the circumstances of william's death and 13 others suggest russian involvement and demand more investigation from the uk in all 14 cases, police ruled out foul play while intelligence agencies secretly compiled information connecting deaths to Russia. So we are not strangers to this sort of thing happening in England, in Britain. Um, very recently, we had the Salisbury incident. Yeah, that was a, a case of poisoning uh, where a whole entire family died, wasn't it? It wasn't just the, the guy, it wasn't yeah, the guy well, and it his was... family members and then... I think it was, was there a British person? Or someone, a few people died by accident basically because the Russians had put poison on a doorknob and as you would expect, more than the target used the doorknob mm-hmm. and a few people died. Yeah, and there was supposedly video footage of two supposedly Russian people leaving the scene and getting back onto a bus of some sort. And this has been proven. We know it's true. And we also um, heavily speculate slash has basically been proven that Putin signed off on that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I suppose Britain is concerned, that's the narrative that is pushed over here anyway. Um, I think it is important to note that along with the US and maybe some other European countries, in many ways, in that sense, the Cold War is never completely ended because there's still always that suspicion about Russia. Yeah, it, it never seems to go away, does it? It's like it's always for my whole life. I, I don't remember a time where Russia is not depicted as this country of like spies that are up to no good or whatever. I mean, I like yeah. to say I have no real knowledge of what goes on in Russia. I've never been there. I don't understand the politics. I understand the narrative that's explained to me over here in England. But in terms of my understanding of Putin or his reign, um, it's very limited because I've only got one perspective from it. And I understand mm-hmm. the power of propaganda, which is why I'm always careful not to just lean in to a certain narrative because as we've shown as we've seen with history narratives can change you know yeah um at the same uh, time we do have the facts that it's been confirmed he was working on russian intelligence mm -hmm. and he ended up dead and that has happened to other people that have been proven to be killed by russia yeah so and who were these other 14 people 
because well there is a list I, I will link um on our website I will leave a link there is a timeline um I didn't want to go into it too much because we will be here all day and obviously this one is about Gareth <laughs> yeah um but they're very similar circumstances working in um very similar areas to Gareth who ended up in very similar situations if it feels to me like if Russia did it we know they did it and we are even covering that up yeah because they probably don't want to start a war over it because that's the situation it sometimes if something happened I'm, again i'm basing this on movies and tv um but it's, it's political isn't it at the end of the day if they're going to kill someone how much of a fuss do you want to make of it before you have to declare war you know mm. that's really what it always comes down to and no one really no one wants to go into war with russia or china that's what it all comes down to um at the moment they are very powerful and america and england have become what would at least seem to be less powerful especially in the last 15 years um and at some point that is going to be tested unfortunately Mm -hmm. you can just tell it's it's we're at that point where eventually something's going to have to give because america's still declaring itself as the superpower of the world when there are uh, you know two other players in the game that would argue that quite quite openly as well so an, another angle to look at it is from um so according to a register at linquist held in april slash may there was evidence to suggest that gareth's last mission before he was unlawfully killed was to infiltrate and report on u.s hackers meetings he appears to have been one of a team of intelligent officers and agents sent to penetrate hacking networks in the u.s and the uk Williams' last espionage targets were participants in the Black Hat and DEFCON 18 hacker and security conferences held in last held in Las Vegas in July 2010. So that was pretty. That's the month before, isn't it? Really, that he was he was found dead. A security source said, "This has all the hallmarks of a state-sponsored assassination. If you've got a problem with your codes being broken, the only solution is to remove the code breaker." So to me, it sounds like they left their own puzzle to be hacked, to be cracked. Yeah. Well, they're saying that he was the only guy that was going to be able to figure this out and they had to remove that person. Although it doesn't strike to me like, obviously, like hacking cyber, um, cyber terrorism and, you know, it's very rife nowadays. However, it's not incredibly murdery. (laughs) You know, most is done by causing Mm. the biggest amount of disruption to people that they can i don't think and maybe because this is such a new area that we haven't seen anything like that and you know documents aren't classified yet Mm. but um you know people aren't often people don't often end up in zipped up duffel bags because of a true not not to that extent but i I think you'd probably go missing if you figured out how to hack paypal (laughs) I think you would. I think I think there's enough there for them to warrant, you know, more than locking you up if you became that type of nuisance. Well, especially they won't if you, hire you. Yeah, that's what I mean. Especially if you were being hired by the opposition to 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 hack PayPal. Is what I'm saying. Um, I I could imagine that the U.S. government would not be too pleased with you. And obviously, all of this is speculation because we don't really know what he was working on. No, and I don't really know the spy world. So for me. <laughs> It's completely speculation because even the sources that we're 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 getting this information from are completely conflicted. So it, it is one of those cases, unfortunately, where we don't have a 
a resolution to this case um and we will update you obviously as time goes on if any more or new information comes out about the case but at this point right now it's still a mystery um and so what do you think so i think oh i don't even ever want to say this on air but it probably was the russians um don't hurt me if you is the russians don't come and kill me i'm just a guy that does a podcast um but it, it's got the hallmarks in terms of what you would imagine but this is the thing if you're in that world then you probably make the crime look like a russian did it because this is what i'm saying it's all weird and twisted that world isn't it it's all about perception it's all about making people believe it's the other side that's literally what spy world from what i've seen on telly is all about is committing the crime but also making the people believe that it's the opposition that's done the crime even though it's usually within house yeah, and the police were very upfront originally by saying everything looked staged and like they it was exactly how the um the murderer wanted them to find it mm. so nothing was left you know everything was left on purpose everything that they discovered was discovered on purpose yeah. it was very calculated yeah i mean who do who used to say that even um Sorry, what's her name? The lady upstairs or downstairs? I've, I've literally put her upstairs now. I think he was on the top floor, wasn't he? Um, who's the landlady? What's her name? Mrs. Uh, Elliot or is Elliot? Yeah, Elliot's. Yeah. But um, she but she wasn't spy. there at the time. How do you know she's not spied? <laughs> you don't. This is the thing. It's like this world is just it's too twisted for me. I can't even begin to unravel this. I've the reason why I can't even begin to unravel it is because I I can't get past the initial finding of him in a bag in the bathtub i still need to get past that first and then reverse it it's the kind of way you know going back to what you said about um what's his face uh the magic program jonathan um, creek going back to what you said about jonathan creek it's that's what i do when i watch magic on tv i try and re, re reverse engineer how they're doing it in order to figure out how this trick works and i've pretty much done that since i was a kid but yeah, this would be a mystery to me because this isn't this isn't a magician performing this. This is what we're seeing as a layman. I don't know if this guy had any talents in magic. Maybe he was a magic magician on the side. There's a lot of people I know that you would never know that are magicians on the side or have a massive. And people that know me don't know that I have a massive interest in magic until I show them. But so, but for me, if I'm coming at this thinking this guy's a layman and he knows nothing about magic and this isn't his interest and he's not a contortionist and he's not an escape artist, then I've got to look at it for what it is, is that someone has put him in this bag and done this to him. Because unless you think that, you're going to, that's the only thing that can lead you to everything else, which I think is more bizarre to think that somehow he did this himself than someone put him in it. That seems more bizarre to me that you would actually, your immediate conclusion would be he did this to himself. That's just kind of bonkers. So I think I've said it before, but I will say it again. There's a quote in Sherlock Holmes that says, once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. And I would agree. I think it's a good place to leave it there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, we're glad to be back. And hopefully we'll keep producing episodes as frequently as we can. I don't think we're going to say every week just because we've now seen how life has taken over. Plus, we're fully back into work mode as well. But we will try and produce episodes as frequently as we can. And you will know when we upload them because they should appear on your devices 
on whatever podcast app you're using. But we are glad to be um, recording again and um, delivering episodes for you. And uh, but yeah, really glad to be back and, and happy to be um, working alongside my co-host once again. That would be you, Zoe. Yeah, I was trying to think of a nice thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just said ditto then. <laughs> no, I um I completely agree. It's nice to be back. Um and yeah, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter pages. That's right. Um, do hit us up on there. It's Yeah, and, and, and we're we know we're poor at that stuff. Well I am. I mean I'm not the massive social Thing, which is kind of why I wanted it all to be in one place on the website. But I understand that's not how actual humans work today. You're either plugged into either Instagram or Facebook or one of those things. And so we will try our hardest to try and, um, you know, put yeah, something in we, our spaces. I don't even think we're friends for. on Facebook. No, I don't think we are. Are we? <laughs> are we actually friends? I don't think we are. Maybe we are. I don't know. But again, that just shows you how much, how <laughs> infrequent we use Facebook or anything like that. I mean, I've got no presence on Instagram whatsoever. Um, and TikTok, I've never even downloaded. Oh, so, no, neither have no. I, yeah. But so this is our job advert then. If exactly. you want to help us. That would be a good out. avenue to get into, yeah. Um, hopefully once... we will see your message. <laughs> yes, hopefully we'll see your message. But if you definitely wanted to see us, see your message, send We also it have to... an email address. The email address is talk at the curious cat podcast.com bit of a mouthful but that's what we got in the end um so that's talk at the curious cat podcast.com so i think that's it for this week and um thank you for listening keep sharing and speak to you again very soon so that's goodbye from me thank you and goodbye from me until next time stay curious